We continue with the New Testament passage, which is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to the heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. A sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. In Luke 18, Jesus shares with his audience two parables on prayer. The first parable teaches us to pray continually, to be persistent and not to be discouraged. The second parable teaches us not only how not to pray, but also how to pray. A famous football coach was on vacation with his family in Maine. When he walked into a movie theater and sat down, the handful of people there applauded. And he thought to himself, I can't believe it. People recognize me all the way up here. Then a man came over to him and said, Thanks for coming. They won't start a movie for less than 10 people. (laughs) That will deflate an ego very quickly. That's the trouble with thinking about someone and yourself. That somebody is important. Not everyone is convinced of that as perhaps we are. A man was hesitant to go on vacation. When someone at work told him, don't worry, we can get by without you here for a while. His response was, I know, I know. I just don't want anyone else to find that out. Humility. One of the most difficult to find in our society And perhaps one of the most important traits in the eyes of God. How often do we try to raise our esteem in the eyes of others? 
when we ought to be showing our willingness to lower ourselves. In Jesus' parable that I read today, two men go to the temple to pray. One is a Pharisee. The name literally means the separated one. The Jewish scribes and rabbis had amplified the Jewish law from the Ten Commandments until it included tens of thousands of petty regulations. In order to observe these regulations, the Pharisees separated themselves off from the other ordinary activities of life. They also cut themselves off from their fellow man as well. Inevitably, they acquired a disdain for every ordinary person. They knew they were too good and believed everyone else to be bad. The prayer of the Pharisee reveals to us how we are not to pray. First of all, the parable teaches us that no one who is proud can pray. Listen to the prayer again of this Pharisee. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. What arrogance. What condescension. What unhealthy pride. The Pharisee looks down on everyone who is not a Pharisee. The Pharisee does not really go to pray. He goes to the temple to inform God of how good he is. The primary focus of prayer should be on God and on God alone. It has been said that the gate to heaven is so low that no one can enter it except upon one's knees. Tourists in Germany were being shown the room in which Beethoven had lived and worked and the very piano on which he had composed the Moonlight Sonata. One of the tourists was an American girl who sat down at the piano and played the first movement of the sonata. When she had finished, the guide said, we'd be interested to know that we had... Paderewski himself as a visitor here last week. The girl said, and I bet he did just what I did. I bet he sat down here at the piano and played the sonata. No, madam, the guide said. He did not. Everyone here encouraged him to go and do that. But he simply said, oh no, I am not worthy. The self-confident girl would touch the keys Beethoven touched. But the master musician was too humble to do it. The pride that puffs us up and causes us to look down on others hinders our relationship with God. How can we pray effectively with God if our hearts are so full of such Pride. 
But Jesus also reveals in this to us that no one who despises his neighbor can pray. The Pharisees looked down upon everyone else with disdain and condescension. When he stood to pray, the scripture says, he prayed with himself. He talked about himself to himself. His contempt for his fellow man kept him from truly praying to God. Pride in and of itself is not bad. It is a pride that leads to contempt of others that's under attack here. Condescension will hinder our prayers. Have you ever wondered whether God has heard our prayers? If so, then maybe we need to consider our attitude towards others. Do we have disdain for anyone? Do we look upon others with condescension? Maybe these adverse attitudes prevents God from truly hearing our prayers. Thirdly, we discover that the task collector knows how to pray. True prayer comes from setting our lives beside the life of God. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to the heavens, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Everything the Pharisees had said earlier was true. He was not like other men. He did fast more than was required of him. He gave tithes. The question he should have asked himself was not, am I as good as my neighbor? But am I as good as God? Of course, the answer would be no. No one is as good and holy as God. The Pharisee could only set his life beside his fellow man. However, the tax collector could and did set himself beside the life of God. In the presence of the holiness of God, he realized his sinfulness and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He humbled himself to the presence of the Lord. At a New Harmony Presbyterian meeting years ago, Two retiring ministers were being recognized and celebrated for their ministry there in that presbytery at this meeting. And people were given the opportunity to stand up and to share about their experience with their pastors, friends, colleagues. A member from the Trinity Presbyterian Church at Surfside spoke on behalf of her pastor, Lewis Johnson. She praised him for his service and his ministry there in her church. But one comment stood out among all the others. And that is, whenever this minister had an idea for a project or something, he would somehow make that idea the brainchild of somebody else. 
He would let others get the credit and the limelight for the idea. Amazing. Not considering yourself for who you are, but allowing other people to take the credit, perhaps, for an idea that you had. The rarest metal in the Olympics wasn't created from gold, but from a bolt. The story begins on a cold winter afternoon in Innsbruck at the 1964 Olympic two men, Bob said, competition. A British team driven by Tony Nash had just completed its first run, which had put them in second place. Then they made a most disheartening discovery. They had broken a bolt on the rear axle of their sled. At the bottom of the hill, the great Italian bobsled driver, Eugenio Monti, who was in first place, sent, took off his rear bolt and sent it up the hill to, so they could be placed on that particular bobsled. The British team fixed it and then completed their run down the mountain, winning the gold medal. Monte Italian team took the bronze. When asked about his act of sportsmanship, Eugenio Monte deflected any praise, saying, Tony Nash did not win the gold because I gave him my bolt off of my sled. He won because he was the best driver. The story of Monty's selfless act spread. And because of it, he was given the first Decubitin Medal for Sportsmanship, the award named after the founder of the modern Olympics. is one of the most noblest honors that can be bestowed upon an Olympian athlete. We, too, have a choice. We can be proud like the Pharisee, or humble like the tax collector and the Italian bobsled driver. Whenever we pray, we need to set our hearts and lives beside the life of God. When we do, we'll soon realize how unworthy we are before God and will confess our sinfulness. Prayer is a selfless act. May God keep us humble so that we will know who we are when we set our lives before God. Whether we say it or not, our mindset needs to be like that of the tax collector. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Thanks be to God. May we 